Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One of the current, I'm going to say it, manifestations of self-help <laughs> is the Goop model of self-help. Buy more stuff. This Buy trick, more this stuff. hack, this new trend. Buy Brush your body. Egg, egg in your cooter. Your vagina. <laughs> like, I can't. No. Yeah, everything no. is framed as. That won't as, cure your depression. Hey y'all, and welcome to Unladylike, the show that finds out what happens when women break the rules. I'm Kristen. I'm Caroline. And today, we're joined by the dazzling duo of Kristen Meinzer and Jalenta Greenberg. They host the podcast By the Book. And on their show, Kristen and Jalenta don't just talk about self-help books. They actually live by a different one every two weeks to see whether it's actually life-changing. So, Caroline, I first stumbled on By the Book in a kind of a meta way because I just reached an especially tough part of writing our self-helpy, unladylike book, and I was just feeling drained and lonely. Lonely, and I still remember standing at my kitchen sink, like basically cry laughing to the first episode because one of the things that makes By the Book so special is Kristen and Jolenta's willingness to be their most vulnerable and messiest selves on tape. And it was just love at first listen, truly. <laughs> it sounds like it. And at this point, Kristen and Jalenta have lived by more than 50 different self-help books, from mega hits like The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. They have been my signature shoe for the past, like, three years. But, like, holding them, I know they don't bring me joy, but these are such good shoes, and they have meant so much to me. To The Secret. I had a daily affirmation I would say all the time. It went like this. I am health. I am wealth. I am love to more niche books like Ponds Drunk, which basically claims that the key to happiness is sitting on the couch and drinking rosé. Yes, please. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> A hangover? <laughs> uh, yeah, real. Uh, to be honest, though, like, Kristen, I have always sort of like side-eyed self-help, but I will say that after I went through a breakup a while ago, I ended up picking up an armload of self-help books, including Esther Perel's Mating in Captivity, which honestly blew my mind, changed my life. I was lovingly dragged on every page, and I really feel like it helped me sort out a lot. Well, Caroline, you are right on trend. If we look at who's buying into the multi-billion dollar self-help industry, it's women. Like, we read more self-help books, we take them more seriously, and we tend to gravitate towards relationship self-help. I'm finally on trend! <laughs> finally! <laughs> so today, Kristen and Jolenta are going to tell us what happens when you actually live out self-help advice, no matter how absurd. All to find out, what exactly is self-help selling to women? Kristen and Jalenta have been making By the Book for more than two years, but it was their love of lowbrow pop culture that first brought them together. 
I was a part-time assistant at a radio show, and Kristen was the culture producer at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were working in public radio where a lot of people aren't necessarily up to date on pop culture references <laughs> or, like, they don't watch The Real Housewives or Sister Wives or any show with wives in the name. <laughs> they like a lot of things with Capitol Hill and— And, like, all politicians, which are fine yeah. and their own reality show in their own right, mm-hmm. but— uh, Kristen was the only person I could be like, hey, who's seen Frozen? Or like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, anyone have thoughts on Bethany returning to the Real Housewives? You know, like, Kristen was the only one who could who could hang. As part of her public radio job, Jolenta was in charge of opening the mail and keeping track of what books were sent to the station, most of which just collected dust. And no one especially touched the self-help books because it's oh, like so many of we're us. getting biographies of politicians. No one's like, oh, but also this diet book or like <laughs> these yoga poses for stress. And I was like, I'll take all these. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, Kristen, we're going to live by these books. And a couple of years later, that's exactly what they do on Buy the Book. So for folks who haven't listened to Buy the Book, could you share a little bit about how You all live out these books because I feel like that's what makes a show so unique. It's not just y'all reading it and then just talking about it. I mean, we we hear your lives. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, we're actually very, very, very scholarly about how we read each book. And you'd never guess it because it's a comedy reality show. But Jolenta and I take notes. We underline things. We distill all of the rules of a book down to usually – five to eight steps usually. Yeah. Sometimes it's as many so like as like a very intense, like, I call it like a college read book report. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's We're like we have to thrilled. really succinctly distill all this advice, make it into actionable steps, and a lot of these books are really disorganized. Some of them are a dream and actually laid out the way we, you know. A lot of them try to prove that the author is important first, and then at the very end, there's some sort of steps. <laughs> and then at the last chapter, it's like, here are 10 things to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, now you know you can trust me because of like the 80 pages before that. <laughs> After reading the books, Kristen and Jolenta actually live out the self-help steps for two weeks straight. They even get their husbands involved as supporting characters on the show. And they're such a perfect pair to pull this off. Like, for years, Kristen worked as a film and culture critic, so she has a critical eye toward most pop culture and definitely tends to be the skeptic of the duo. While Jolenta... I'm, like, too willing. I'm, like, a little too game. Like... I feel like at this point, I'm probably in the clear, but it's surprising to me I haven't accidentally, like, wandered into a cult for a while. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm just very open to, like, people telling me how to think. And I'm very willing to, like, assume every book I pick up is that next, like, secret, easy way through. And And Kristen's very much like, whoa, 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 This is a charlatan, clearly. You are six seconds away from joining a pyramid scheme, and you're going to be on the bottom of it. There are times when I'll be like, I think I'm going to do this thing, and the first question Kristen will have be like, is it a pyramid scheme? Because I don't trust your interests. Like, So, but I feel like the the self-help genre, when you actually take a look at it, is very nebulous because some self-help books I don't even realize. I'm like, that seems really interesting. I want to learn about myself. Oh, shit, I'm reading self-help. So what is your take on what actually constitutes self-help literature? I feel like it's easier to say we've discounted at this point. <laughs> at this point, we've discounted diet books. Those are not self-help. Well, Those, they, they claim to be self-help, which is why we lived by one on the show. But they, I mean, all self-help books essentially are, like, trying to help you achieve, like, what society sees as success. But being 
prescribed bodily success like is too too demeaning to be considered something to do to better yourself, yeah. in my opinion. It's not the kind of self-help we want to do. And we acknowledge the self-help section, a very large percentage but of like it is we diet count, books, but. We count, like, how to build your own coffin as a self-help book as much yes. as, like, we, the secret. Like, is it trying to – does it claim it will improve your life? Like, yes. Mm-hmm. That's a self-help book. Is it trying to do any of those things? And we know that it's also very gendered because a lot of self-help books – that are prescribed to women are about having it all, about happiness. And for men, they're frequently about business savviness and about Mm -hmm. productivity. But they're all the same books, actually. They're all the same. They're all the same. So what are the trends that you notice in self-help? My favorite trend right now is the, like, I'm a hot mess gurus, but, like, I'm so curated and every out-of-place thing is, like, very strategic and also, like, product placement and, like, maybe has to do with MLMs. Like, mm-hmm. um, the whole, like, girl, wash your face, Rachel you are Hall's a badass, stuff, yeah. the sort of very heteronormative advice on how to have it all masked as, like, feminism, which is so— and that's sort of where the messiness comes in. I think it also, like, implies feminism, which is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like, putting it all out there, like, hashtag no makeup, and, like— yeah. Yeah. And if you criticize me, you're clearly anti-feminist. I was gonna say, yeah, like, you don't support women. It's like, no, I don't support women that are, like, pretending they— aren't promoting the status quo when they are. Yes. So yeah. gaslighting me. <laughs> but I love reading their work because they convince themselves of it, too. And it's it's fun to sort of read that mental gymnastics about I'm going to have it all and I'm a feminist and that's why I'm, like, working my ass off to stay under this weight, look this way, and buy a Louis Vuitton bag. Like, yeah. it's yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a very common trend right now. And, and there's one that just seems to be ongoing for decades and decades now, which is the law of attraction, which is just another way of saying prosperity right. ministries, which if you have good things in your life, it's because you sent out the right energy into the universe, so it came back to you. Mm-hmm. And if your life isn't going well, let's say you have cancer. Let's say— Like, what were you putting out there? Yeah, let's say you're poor. Let's say you lived through the Holocaust. It's probably because you put the wrong energy out there. <laughs> oh None of this is hyperbole. These have all Yo, appeared in books. The secret literally is like, I know, people will say, what about the Holocaust? And I'm just going to say, like, the world puts negative energy out there bad things happen. Yeah. So I mean wow. bad energy meaning Hitler. Yeah, meaning like one man's insane dictatorial dictatorial. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even know words. But Too many syllables. Yeah, just no, like Yeah. And the word manifest just makes me want to mm. punch somebody. Ugh, what yeah. about manifest? Is that, a, is that a thing people are putting out I've there? I've seen it. Oh I've seen no, it. Have you read oh, that? I haven't oh, been hate reading no. the right <laughs> blogs apparently. Like, oh my oh, god. god no. no. So we have a clip. Yes. First clip we're going to play is from an episode where you all lived by just a classic (laughs) title, Men Are From Mars, (sighs) Women Are From Venus. And this clip is Jolenta talking to your husband, Brad, in the first week of living by the book. Oh, no. It's like, do these quiet tricks and let him learn on his own and, like... He'll fly when he's ready. But it's like, he's my husband. He's not my kid. He's not my baby bird. He's not my Martian. That's what I feel like. I feel like it's just missing the part where it says like, yeah, listen. So she feels validated, but it doesn't say like actually validate her ever. It just says like, give her the impression you're validating her and then do your own thing where it's like, can't a woman get some validation? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you feel like I'm mad at you or lecturing you? Can you say that out loud? I feel very shut down. Why? 
because I'm just getting like heated about this book. I'm not mad at you at all. Because because your takeaway from this chapter is is Brad is wrong and I am right. No, my takeaway is like women are always wrong and like no matter what you do, like you have to cater yourself to men and like yeah. the way they deal with things. And like you'll never be heard unless you do everything different. Oh, shit. I forgot I cried. Oh, God. That was a brutal episode. Oh, I it hated was, that book so much. And unexpectedly so because Men Are From Mars is such a, like, like a pop cultural joke mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But, well, I think, but it was the oh, best-selling book of that yeah. decade. Yeah. I was right. going to say, my it's, entire childhood, like, everyone's parents had this book. And mm-hmm. I was, like, I was totally. stoked. I was, like, I'm finally, like, going to join the grown-up club. Like, we're all going to read Men from Mars and understand relationships. And I was, like, oh, my God. Like, this is the most, like, chauvinistic propaganda piece of shit veiled as advice to, like, tell women to shut up I've ever read. Why do y'all think that it was such a blockbuster title and is did it just like brainwash a generation (laughs) no no it was one of the first books about relationship sort of communication differences i think right um i I think like approachable sort of like trendy like it was a very trendy one but i think also it was very much speaking to people who had been socialized and indoctrinated with those kinds of gender roles already okay and so, of course, it appealed to people, and they said, oh, it's true. Men naturally are people yeah. who go to a cave. Women are naturally much chattier. And none of those things were, quote, natural, even though the book kept on referring to science really? and saying, scientifically yeah. speaking, women are more likely to have mood swings, scientifically like, speaking. It's literally like, yeah. bitches be hysterical. <laughs> like, according to this research from Victorian England, like, <laughs> you're frigid. <laughs> Now, when a woman laces a corset's too tight, you <laughs> see, like, she gets cranky. Oh, yeah. That's the small brains. Yes. And yeah. it was written by a guy who was very good at self-promotion. He's a fake doctor. He's not a real doctor. He has a doctorate from, like, a diploma mill that was later discredited. Like, he's, like, a he's But he had the word man. doctor on the cover sure. of his book. And, and so, he has 50 other books, like, riffing on the same shit. You yes. Know? But I don't think most of these authors know the term social construct if it hits them in the ass. They have no idea of what's happening that causes people to behave a certain way. We use the P word a lot, privilege. A lot of our authors are rich white dudes who were born on third base who are telling us that we're screwing up our lives because we're still at home plate trying to get to first base. Because we're taking things mm-hmm. that hold us back that they've never thought of personally yeah. for some reason. <laughs> if I could, huh, like if, bitches. Yeah. If I could get ahead with only a million dollars in seed funds from my dad, I don't know why you can't. <laughs> what's wrong with like, you people? If I can con people into buying supplements that someone else paid for initially and, like, build an empire, what the fuck? Why are you sad? If I, a rich, heterosexual, white male who was brought up in the Hamptons, can't start my own business by the age of 18, I don't know why you can't. Why? Yeah, I thought that the P word uh, might be patriarchy. Mm. But oh, yeah. There's a little bit of yeah. that in there, too. It's, it's, it's got lots of, lots of P meanings. Yes. That's also there. <laughs> Sorry. <I don't. laughs> Speaking of privilege, Caroline, up next, Kristen and Jolenta break down the goopification of self-help. But first, they each share a book that actually lived up to its promise. And the titles definitely surprised us. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Stick around. (laughs) 
We're back with Kristen Meinzer and Jolinta Greenberg of the By the Book podcast. So tell us about a book that you feel like actually paid off, where the self-help process made you feel better. Oh, gosh. You go. Oh, Past Lives, Future Healing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which um, Sylvia Brown. You have to look up some videos of her. Do you you sense any spirits in in this room? Yeah, there's an older man that walks around. He seems like he belongs here, though, in some way. He's an older man, gray hair, and he's a little bit bent. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. She's this sort of psychic type, and her voice sounds like she smokes like a pack a day. Like, she's just a fun, like, she's fascinating to watch. I love her. You're going to close your eyes, and when you close your eyes, you're going to... Yeah, it's like the least sort of psychic thing you would think of, you know, compared to to today's sort of, like, mysticism and, like, hipster witches. It's like, listen! Like, (laughs) yeah, anyway. Exactly. For you, Kristen, though, why do you feel like Past Lives, Future Healing, why do you think that it worked in particular? I think because it just forced me to think long and hard about so I'm adopted and I when I was born I I don't know how long I was with my biological parents but I was probably around the age of one I was found in a box they didn't know exactly how old I was so I was born I was probably in one home for close to a year and then I was abandoned and that's always just been part of my story and then I was adopted and I was raised my whole life in Minnesota and then I moved to New York as an adult but um I think living by this book, there's one portion where you have to actually revert back to your conception. Wow. Yeah. And Which is, we just are cracking up. Yes, like, it's like, this is ridiculous. But it gave me a lot of empathy for whatever my biological mother had to go through. Mm-hmm. Because it must really suck to get pregnant against your will. It must suck to have a baby and try to raise it for a little while and then know you can't do it and then leave it somewhere. It must, it must yeah. feel really, really bad. And so... That that book got me to think about those mm-hmm. things. And some of these books are just sort of very – I think the the good ones are just sort of extreme thought exercises. Or, like, mm-hmm. it's a way to look at life that, like, I could never think of. And when I, when I, like, put that lens on, you learn things about yourself no matter how kooky the, like, thought exercise was. But I, so did this thought experiment, though? You said it gave you empathy for your birth mother. Did it also help you, like, work through any th- – feelings or thoughts that you were like, oh, actually, I, it turns out I have thoughts about that for myself. It got me to think in a different way because I I think it's always worthwhile for us to go against whatever narrative we've mm. written for ourselves. Yes, that's yeah. sort of what I was trying to get at, yeah. where it's like just anything that can sort of uh, stop you from repeating the narrative and get you to like look objectively at like even just one tiny area for a minute. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even if we don't realize it, we're all writing our own stories and sometimes we get very used to whatever story we wrote and we don't see like, oh, I could amend that chapter ever so slightly or I could do some more character development here. Yeah, or like the person who dictated this part of my story to me like isn't here anymore. Yes, or the person who dictated it is not a reliable narrator. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. Yes, and so I I, I think that's what I got out of it. Yeah. Mm. So, Jolinta, for you, what's a book that you found helpful? I, okay, I love, as always, um, what to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Dr. Shad Helmstetter. Walk us through that, though. How did it change? I mean, it just sort of gets you to, again, it sort of go to the origin story of, like, your your narrative about yourself. And it's like all of these things you you say about yourself, at least for me, I think of as fact. 
And I don't necessarily look behind those facts to be like, have my actions backed this up? Like, is this a fact? Like, do I suck at this? Am I ugly in this way? Or, you know. Also, we both had to track ourselves. And he, yes. And one thing that was very surprising for Jolenta when she tracked her behavior and how she talked to herself, how many times a day did she compliment herself? And how many times a day did she put herself like, down? Like literally Ooh. zero. Like the only words out of my mouth to myself or about myself to other people are like all degrading. Yes. And it's like, oh, why am I saying these things? Where did I get that from? And like, if if I could like go back and raise myself right, what would I say in place of that? And it, I like that the book acknowledges like it feels fake at first, like you just sort of say it a bunch, but it's like to, to sort of break those negative thought patterns and start investigating why we have them and mm-hmm. sort of rewriting them once you can see where they come from. Why do self-help has a sort of a reputation that attracts some side-eye and skepticism? Mm-hmm. Why do you think it remains so popular despite people feeling like they're too good for self-help? Oh, there's I have so many thoughts. Oh, yeah. And so I've, does Kristen. I have so many thoughts. I'd say the first question when it comes to the sort of stigma, I think there's a stigma in just like saying you need help. In general, in saying, like, something about my life is making me unhappy to the point where, like, I'm going to buy a book about it. And as far as why they're appealing to so many people, I I think that let's just bring in the theme of your show about feminism. Mm -hmm. And um, I I think a lot of people, especially women, because one study by Goodreads found that two-thirds of self-help readers are women, two-thirds of authors notably are men. But I think a lot of women feel that they are left out of traditional medical systems. They're left out of mainstream, I'm using finger quotes Mm -hmm. here, uh, ideas of wellness and health. Right. I would say the whole wellness movement is essentially like, women, you can take care of yourself too, but we're going to call it like a hobby. Yes. (laughs) Because like science has deemed your body anomalous compared to the male anatomy. Yes. Because, you (laughs) know, we need like magic, basically. So it's like, but you get to use the power of positive thinking and crystals because like (laughs) we will just not research your uterus enough yet. (laughs) I agree. Well, so how does that Man- manifest. Uh-huh. Oh. No. Was, manifest. Did you hear I almost stopped myself and I was like, no, this is good. No, we like it. We like it yeah. um, so how do you feel that shows up then in the line between like the here's how to make a million dollars versus like here's how to, you know, use crystals and feel better about yourself in the shower? Because I feel like there's it's almost like there are two categories. I feel like there are books that sort of prescribe overall just like fucking be nice to yourself like oh my god the world's a mess but then there are there's another set of books that are sort of all about how to essentially go through life like pretending you're a dude in my opinion and it they they are totally marketed to women and they're like the sort of girl boss type thing but it, or the lean in of it all of like Here's how I've navigated this super sexist world by, like, changing so many things about myself to appear masculine, like, when necessary or, like, to appeal to, like, men's sensibility when I need to, like, lead things. And it's all about these sort of, like, secret hacks of how to, like, get things done behind society's back almost where it's like no it's like, like those, those are the bad ones yeah hold your body a certain way speak at a certain volume like act this, as if you yeah. always know everything even when you don't I'm done with the books that sort of they're sort of status quo propaganda veiled as as improvement and it's like those things don't move anyone forward 
But isn't that sort of the history of, like, white women in the workplace? 100%, yeah. <laughs> like, conforming to yeah. the standard that was set by men 200 years exactly. ago or whatever. Right. Uh, so there's really not that much radical about it. I almost feel like the books that are like, love yourself, be kind to yourself, I feel like that's more radical it is. than yeah. leaning well, in. And they're the ones that get made more fun of, right. too, because, like— God forbid we break that sort of pattern of just assuming we're worthless. Yeah. There's a difference between, like, learning a new habit on how to think about yourself or, like, rewiring your neural pathways, which you literally can do, like, with a good therapist. Um, (laughs) But there's a difference between that and, like, sort of brainwashing yourself to live in denial about your situation. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a difference between, like, I'm going to, like, learn how to be nice to myself or, like, I'm going to learn how to, like— pretend everything that bad happens is my fault. And, like, no. Yeah, it's that personal responsibility thing, which Mm -hmm. I think ultimately fuels a cycle of, like, okay, I feel bad. I'm going to take this in my own hands, and I'm going to read the self-help book and or do all these other things. But then if I fail or I still don't feel good enough or things are bad. Then you just need to buy more products. Yeah, it's literally my fault. And I would say those are built, like, I feel like to perpetuate this, this market and, like, this sort of deficiency we women feel we have. And, like, that's the bad side of self-help. After the break, we'll find out what that bad side of self-help really feels like when you take its advice. When Kristen and Jolenta dive into a dieting book. Plus, they tell us about their new reality makeover show. Don't go anywhere. We're back with Jolenta and Kristen of By the Book, who've made a career of living out self-help books reality show style. And the results can be hilarious, sure. But they've also revealed the more self-destructive aspects of the genre. And just a heads up that coming up, we're going to get into some discussions about dieting and disordered eating. So y'all have mentioned how uh, so many dieting books are like lumped into the self-help genre. and you all lived by the book French Women Don't Get Fat, which was marketed as the ultimate non-diet book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode, like, it was one of the first uh, by the book episodes I listened to. It really spoke to me. Um, and we are going to hear a clip of Kristen in the second week of living by this book talking to her husband, Dean. All right, hon. It's the morning after the tough weekend. And I just weighed myself. Uh-huh. Guess how much I weigh. Um, so after that whole weekend of crazy starvation, I'm sure you've lost a couple of pounds. I am down 4.5 pounds. Wow, that sounds medically wrong. I'm sure it's mostly water weight, but I will say this. I am so fatigued right now. Yeah. I would like to go right back to bed and just sleep for the rest of the day. And I don't want to eat anymore. I just want to sleep. I'm so tired. That's why starvation is considered bad for you. Yeah, the tough weekend, by the way, is um, it's 48 hours where Jolenta and I were allowed to boil leeks and then eat the liquid the leeks were boiled in. Leek broth. And it's called leek broth in the book. And if we reach a breaking point, we can eat some of the boiled leeks as well. 
So mm-hmm. generous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so you just don't eat for two days to like clear your metabolism or whatever. Like, whatever I'm like, dumb this language is, there is around it. Yeah. Like this isn't self-help. Like it's just someone telling you not to eat for two days. Like it was very, very bad. And I just spiraled from there. God, right. It just got worse and worse and worse. I was crying. I thought I was going to have to give up the show. We eventually were like, you can't. Like, she was weighing herself all the time, and I was like, this is true. I can't. Yeah, I would be at other people's houses, and I would dig through their bathrooms to see if they had a scale and just weigh myself at their houses. I was getting up 12 times a night to weigh myself. She would text me about, like, I'm at the office, and I had almonds, but I really want chips, but, like, what should I do? And I was like, eat a chip. Like, I don't, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, it was very dark. It was really, really bad. And, um, and again, nothing that says it, it should help you should make you feel this bad about yourself. And it that is means not most working. Diets. And it yeah. doesn't mean you're broken. It means the book's bad. Yeah. And there's like, a reason why diet books are in the self-help section because they follow the same model of you're going to have a Band-Aid. You're going to maybe feel that you have rules to follow and maybe feel in control of your life. And have a role model who, like, brags about how it works mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's going to, you know, put you on a path for a few days or maybe at most a few weeks. And somewhere in the middle of all that, you'll lie about it and say, I'm living a lifestyle. It's for my health. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's like, no. It's because society tells you you have to be skinny to be lovable and valuable. That's what it is. And what it comes down to is it doesn't matter what size you are. You're already worthy of love just because you're here. And your experience speaks to the power, though, of these books because, you know, you were coming into this show with a background as a critic. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a feminist. Like, you, we know all these things in our heads. And yet, that book still had the power to send you spiraling. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, we're all still human. Yes. <laughs> it's we, hard. You can be a, as aware of these concepts as, as 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 humanly possible, but it doesn't mean they don't affect you day to day and they don't, like, send you messages about your self-worth. Like, it's just a fact. Well, so what kind of reaction did y'all receive from that episode and, honestly, any other diet-related episodes you've done? Well, we've never done a diet book since then. Um, yeah. But— We started hearing from so many people because I don't know if there is a woman in America who hasn't been told to be on a diet by the time she reaches her teenage years. I'm guessing most women by the time they reach high school have been told you should go on a diet or have from the media been told they should lose weight. Overwhelmingly so, our listeners have thanked us for having the policy of no more diet books Mm -hmm. because there are some listeners who insist, no, 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 this is the one diet book that's not like that. (laughs) It's like, no, if it's about, like, what you put into your body, that to me is not self-help. It's just like, yeah, I eat every day. (laughs) (laughs) So can we try to be better women, better feminists without falling into the bullshit traps of self-help? How do we do that? Oh, I think we can dabble in the bullshit because sometimes the bullshit's a little bit fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think dabbling in it's fine, um, but falling into the pits of it are, like, that's that's tougher. I'd but, say just question it. If something makes you go like, hmm, like, go like, why? Is it because this advice is bad? Is it because, like, I think I don't deserve this? Like, don't be afraid to question shit. It doesn't matter if someone says it's the end-all, be-all advice. Like, poke holes. And I think it helps you— figure out what is meaningful to you in the process. And some books, though, that seem like complete nonsense, we've still gotten benefits out of. Like, we already mentioned Past Lives, Future Healing. But another book, Jolent and I both, again, I proposed this book because it's very methodical. It's called How to Write an Ebook in Less Than 7 to 14 Days That Will Make You Money Forever. <laughs> and It's a very, like, fun, janky ebook about how to write an ebook. <laughs> but 
We both wrote books. It was really fucking fun. It was really, but it also, like, not only was it fun, but I think it gave both you and I a, a major confidence. Boost. I would say it was, like, good for us. Like, it yeah, was it's like, good. Oh, my like, God, we can accomplish something if forced to. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I fucking, like, wrote out a thing. Yes. In two weeks. Like, yes. when's the last time I did that? College? I wrote like, an <laughs> Amish romance novel, threw it away, and then wrote another Amish like, romance novel. Like, that's crazy. I wrote She's two Amish romance woman. novels in two weeks. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Return to Intercourse, an Amish romance, now available on Amazon. Return to Intercourse? Yes. That is um, a town in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's, is, it's a place, you guys. It's right next to Bird in Hand and Blue Balls. <laughs> <laughs> so how can we take some of these, or is it possible, can we take some of these individualistic, I'm going to help myself figure this out, ideas and principles, can we make them more collective so that we can turn things around maybe as a culture? Mm -hmm. No big deal, right? No, oh, yes. Easy we can piece. just change the whole of society. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think cool. if we can sort of bridge the gap between uh, learning about yourself more and loving yourself more and like learning how to advocate for yourself and then others more somehow, like it's like if the self-love can be used for good yeah. and to like change the things that we take personally that we do not have control over. Like, I hope so. It's like if we're all working on being better people individually, do we, I I want us to come together and be just like a better population. <laughs> yeah. Is that a good uh, segue to ask you about your upcoming new show? Yeah, that's a perfect segue. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, it's called We Love You and So Can You. And it's a show that is a makeover for your heart. So, over the years, many, many people have reached out to us and said, can we live by the self-help book with you on your show? I am a black man or I am a gay woman or I'm over 70 or I'm a teenager and um, I'm single. I represent a demographic that's not represented in you and Jolenta because we are both in marriages to men. We're both women. Um, we both live in Brooklyn. And would you be willing to get a different perspective? And all along, we've said we want we to. We want to. We want yeah. to at some point find a way to do this, logistically speaking. And so the way we're going to do it is um, slightly different than by the book. We are taking some of the lessons that we've learned from living by the book and helping our guests, each episode is a different guest, with a little prescription that we draw up for them, which is a self-love prescription rather than a self-help prescription. Yeah. And obviously, everyone's allowed to question us and tell us our advice is malarkey because, <laughs> you know, we aren't doctors. We're not theologians. So we're just trying to help you but love yourself a little bit But we can see what's lovable about you that you maybe can't, and we want to help you see it. Yeah, that's the main thing we want to do. We just want to spread self-love, and I hope— Instead of fixating on all of the problems and the flaws that, like, society is probably made up, um, focusing on what we're crushing it at and sort of emphasizing that and learning to identify with, like, the parts of us that are amazing, which are way more parts than you think. Caroline, I'm telling you right now, I would love to be a guinea pig for Kristen and Jolenta's new makeover show. Well, what sort of transformation would you look for? Oh, I've got so many dust bunnies and just dirt clods inside <laughs> of me. I am sure there's there's just plenty of work to be done around self-talk, self-confidence, anxiety. I mean, 
uh, th- this could really just be a whole new show called uh, <laughs> Deconstructing Kristen Conger. Well, y'all can catch their new show, We Love You and So Can You, on August 15th. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And shout out to Unladylike producer Nora, who is also a producer of By the Book. All of this Unladylike By the Book crossover energy is just delightful. We're all friends and it's really truly only a matter of time before we all have like a podcast picnic. (laughs) All right, y'all. Have you tried living by a self-help book for better or worse? We want to hear all about it. Email us at hello at unladylike.co. Hit us up on social media at unladylikemedia or join the conversation in our private Facebook group. Abigail Keel is a senior producer of Unladylike. Nora Ritchie is our associate producer. Gianna Palmer is our story editor. Ash Sanders transcribes our take. Our music is by Flamingo Shadow, Amit May Cohen, and Sarah Tudson. Mixing, sound design, and additional music is by Casey Holford. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Daisy Rosario. And we are your hosts, Caroline Irvin and Kristen Conger. And y'all, this is the last episode of this season, but we will be back in September with brand new episodes for you. In the meantime, y'all, we have an entire series of pep talks on Stitcher Premium, including a special pep talk from Kristen and Jalenta all about how to handle losing your job. Not to mention we've got pep talks from Anna and Amina from Call Your Girlfriend, Alexandra Tweeten of the by Philippe Instagram account, and so many more all-stars. To listen to all the pep talks in our series, head to stitcher.com slash premium and use the code unladylike to get a month of free listening. And make sure you're subscribed to Unladylike in Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen so you can be the first to know when our regular episodes are back, baby. And remember, y'all, got a problem? Get Unladylike. Men and women, we found, make such common mistakes. For example, you know how a lot of self-help books, each chapter will start with a quote from someone famous. Mm -hmm. Right. Both men and women who write self-help books, invariably, nine out of ten, it's men's quotes. Like, if I see another Abe Lincoln quote. (laughs) And I freaking love Abe. And not a Maya Angelou. Like, you know. I would also want to know what self-help book Mary Lincoln Todd would be reading. I would read anything she wrote. My (laughs) God. She was like the original Real Housewife. <laughs> she likes seances. <laughs> oh. She could also be a petty bitch. Oh, no, oh, sure. That's possible. Again, yeah. the original. Again. <laughs> <laughs> the Real Housewife of the White House. <laughs> Stitcher. I'm standing outside Smithsonian's National Museum of American History. Inside, there are like a trillion objects, and I have to go in there and find 10. So we open a drawer here, and there's Indiana Jones's jacket and Indiana Jones's whip. What is this? Now Prince donated this guitar. <gasps> I'm Asif Manvi, and I am lost at the Smithsonian. Where do I begin? This place is obviously full of fascinating stuff. Fonzie's jacket, right. worn by Henry Winkler on Happy Days. There are 156 million objects in the Smithsonian's collections. Here are Muppets. These aren't just objects. They're pieces of America's self-identity. I'm looking at a, a robe with the name Muhammad Ali. Only 10 episodes, only 10 objects. That's pretty amazing. Lost of the Smithsonian is out now. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.